Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. All right, so uh, this week was Thanksgiving. Who had a good Thanksgiving? Yes. I, uh, I told Alyssa, my wife, before uh, all the craziness ensued and we're going to different houses and eating food, I said, you know, uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to in terms of like food this year, for whatever reason, it's not the turkey, it's not the ham, it's the broccoli casserole. Do we have any broccoli casserole lovers in the house? Come on, there's nothing like a good broccoli casserole. And uh, I don't know if my mother-in-law is here or not. I'm going to try to get a little few brownie points. Her broccoli casserole was on point this year. It was great. So, Laura, you did awesome. Um, uh, no, so uh, Thanksgiving. Hope your Thanksgiving went well. Uh, we have we have a uh, four-year-old, and uh, you know we're like trying to explain why we do what we do and things like that. Now she's beginning to understand things, and so as we're getting ready on Thursday morning. We ask her, we say, Aria, uh, do, you, do you know why we celebrate Thanksgiving? Do you, do you know why? And sometimes you'll get, when you're talking to a four-year-old, you get some pretty funny answers. Uh, unfortunately, this one wasn't that funny, but uh, she, uh, she said, yeah, it means we're going to Nanjia's house. And uh, said, no, that's what we're doing. Do you know why, why we celebrate Thanksgiving? And, you know, she just looked at us with, she had no idea. She didn't understand. And so uh, we open history book, talked about the pilgrims. I'm just kidding. Um, we, uh, you know, we said, you know, we, you know, we celebrate what we remember, what God's done. We, we take time uh, one day a year to just like thank God and say, uh, and, to, and to be reflective, you know, and to think, okay, uh, what's God done in my life this year, my entire life, and just take time just to be thankful for those things. And, um, uh, you know, we, we told her and you know, we're thankful for each other. And so we took a moment, prayed with her and thank God. But, you know, thank, thankfulness and, and gratitude, it should be more, right, than just one day a year, right? Th- thankfulness, gratitude, it should be a heart, an attitude that we have every single day of the year. And so I wanted to take some time this morning just to talk about the importance of, of being thankful, having having gratitude. So if you would look with me in Exodus chapter 16, we're going to read about the Israelites and to give you some context of what's happening here. So uh, the Israelites, uh, they were enslaved by the Egyptians for about 400 years and God raises up Moses to save them, to rescue them from slavery. And so there's a, you know, a massive or uh, a miraculous exodus. You know, there's miracles, signs and wonders. There's the plagues. And then God brings them out of, of Egypt. They cross the Red Sea, the Red Sea parts. They walk on on dry grounds. And uh, then they start traveling to the promised land. So this is where we're kind of in the middle of that moment in time here in Exodus chapter 16. So they're on their way to the promised land. It says, then the whole community of Israel, Exodus chapter 16, verse one, then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. 
If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into this wilderness to starve to death. So uh, if you're familiar with uh, the Israelites, then you know they're some of the worst people on planet Earth. Um, They're a bunch of complainers, right? That's like when we read about the Israelites, that's kind of like the stereotypical uh, response Uh, they're just a bunch of complainers because uh, if you go and look, they complained the entire time they left Egypt all the way to the promised land. They were complaining the entire way. And you just, you just want to shake them because these people saw some of the most amazing miracles ever. And it's like they had some sort of like amnesia or something like God would do something incredible. Uh, right before this, he had parted the Red Sea. So like they walk, the, you know, there's ocean on the left, ocean on the right, walking across on dry ground. They get across and like, where's the food? You know, um, they're like, they're just ungrateful, bunch of complainers and you just want to shake them. What is your problem? Like you guys need to be thankful. Um, but, uh, as the saying goes, right, you, you don't want to judge somebody unless you walk a mile in their shoes, right? Uh, so uh, let's try to have some compassion and understand where they're coming from. And I think we can get a little bit out of this. So uh, it said, uh, if you didn't catch it, it said that it, they had been traveling for about, about a month. They had left Egypt and it had already been a month. So I don't know if you've ever driven to Florida uh, before, but that is a terrible drive. Uh, that's a long time. So I can't imagine, uh, and they weren't driving in a car. They were walking for, for a whole entire, for a month. That's a long time. If somebody said, you got to walk to Florida, I'd just laugh at him. I'm taking a plane. You can walk there, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm grinding the plane. Um, you know, that, that's okay. A little bit understandable. That's a long time. They're probably thinking, uh, you know, uh, when, when are we going to get there? You know, are we there yet? Uh, so it's, it's been a month. It's been a month. Then they're also in the desert, right? It's like super hot out. And we'd be lying if we said we've never complained if it, if, when it's hot outside, right? Uh, now, of course, it's cold outside, so we want it to be hot again. But then whenever it's hot, we want it to be cold. Um, so it's hot, okay? And then uh, there's about 2 million people that, that, are, that are leaving Egypt and among them is kids. Now, the baseline of what they were complaining about was the lack of food. There was no food, they didn't have food. Kids and no food does not mix. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever, if you remember having kids growing up, they, Elena, she's our youngest, she gets hangry when it comes to food. She's two, but she will punch you. She's not afraid. I mean, she, she gets hangry whenever she's hungry. So, you know, what I'm getting here is, they, what I'm getting to here is they felt like, they probably felt like they had a legitimate reason to complain, right? They had a legit reason to complain. And I think that's the tough thing about not complaining is we always feel like we have a real reason to complain. Everybody else, they're just complainers. We have a real reason to complain, right? You don't understand the sort of, the sort of job that I have. You just don't understand uh, the boss that I have. You don't, you don't understand how my day went. You just must forget what it's like to have little kids, right? You, you just don't understand me. I've, I've got a legit reason to complain, right? That's the thing. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, It says, be thankful 
in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. So uh, be thankful in all circumstances, right? So this is saying we never, we never have a reason to complain. There's no like excuses. There's no, there's no way around it. It's God's, there's no exceptions. It's just simply uh, be thankful, right? Uh, but then it says, uh, for this is God's will concerning you who believe. This is, this is God's will for us, to be thankful people, to be grateful people. It's God's will. Um, now, when you begin thinking about God's will, you know, God, God doesn't tell us to do something in, in like the attitude of, well, you just need to do it just because I said so, right? That's not, that's not, that's not how God does it. No, when God is telling us to do something, it's because it benefits us, right? God's will is always best. Hands down, God's will is always what's best for us. So uh, we do ourselves an injustice whenever we're, we're quick just to say, oh, I've got an excuse or I have a legit, a legit reason. No, if, it's, if this is God's will, then it's, it's a big deal. It's important. Can you say amen? So let's keep reading and we'll actually find where God responds to their complaining. So Exodus 16, we'll pick back up in verse four. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening, you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? And then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. So it says, God heard their complaining. God, God heard what they were saying. But then it says, uh, Moses points out a couple times. He says, you're complaining. It's, it's not against us, your leaders. right? It's, it's, not, it's not about the situation. It's not about the, the lack of food. You're complaining is about God. He says, no, th this is between you and God. God took it, God took it personally, right? So uh, it's kind of like this. Um, my wife, she's an excellent cook. I am a terrible cook. I think I've shared this before. Uh, you do not want me cooking food. Um, I, it will taste terrible, I promise you that. Uh, so my wife's a great cook. Now let's just imagine that she cooks something that's bad, okay? Uh, I gotta be really careful here. <laughs> um, let's imagine that she cooks something that's bad. And I say, hey, okay, you know, like, uh, I'm not really sure how much I like this. You know, maybe we could try something else. If, if I was like nice about it or polite about it, um, she, she might have her feelings hurt, right? She might be sad. She wants to make good food, right? Um, but she's not gonna be necessarily like mad at me. She's not gonna be angry with me. But on the other hand, if after I ate the food, if I was like, this food is disgusting, and I spit it out, this is the worst thing I've ever eaten in my entire life, she's gonna be pretty upset, right? Um, but the thing is, I don't have to actually say anything about her. I can just complain about the food, 
and she will get upset about the food. She'll get offended. She'll take it personally. Why? Well, because she's the one that provided it. And, and that's, that's the same with God, is that God took it personally because ultimately God's our provider, right? You know, the, the Bible says that he is the provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider, right? It says that, uh, that in him we live and move and have our being. We, we have our existence because of God. We're alive because of God. We have, we, we're breathing. We have breath in our lungs because of God. Uh, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from God, right? Uh, and then if you even want to talk about like negative things, the Bible says it's by his mercies we're not consumed. So it's like he's even prevented things from like completely happening. It, God's our ultimate provider. And so what we're saying is whenever we feel that we have like a justifiable reason to complain, we've got a legit reason to complain, uh, what, we're not complaining about the situation and justifying the situation. What we're saying is, I have a reason to complain against God. And that, that feels a lot different, right? It's, 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 it's a lot more serious. Complaining is not just a, a small thing. Complaining uh, is, is huge. Complaining is a big deal. Uh, thankfulness, gratitude, it's a big deal. Now, in, in this particular passage, you, we won't find where God is necessarily upset with them. Uh, We read it a little bit and we'll continue to talk about it, but God goes on to perform a miracle for them, provides for them. Um, But what ends up happening is you follow the Israelites on their journey to, uh, to the promised land. They complain, right, time and time again. It's complaining after complaining after complaining all the way to the point where they're at the promised land. They're like at the edge of it and they're still complaining. And it gets to the point where uh, God, he gets so fed up with them that he's like, I, I wanna kill these people. These people are the worst. And he tells Moses, hey, I'm gonna kill them and I'll start like the, the, the whole line of Israel through, through you again and I'll make the promise through you, uh, Moses, instead of Abraham. And, and Moses is like, whoa, 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 wait a second. And he says, uh, you know, what do you think all the people of the world are, are, are going to think if you brought your people out here just to kill them? And so he says, like, forgive them, God, forgive them. And so in Numbers 14, I want to read it. Uh, this is God talking. Numbers 14, verse 20. This is his response to Moses. He says, Numbers 14, verse 20, the Lord replied to, to Moses, I've forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. Not one who has ever treated, no one who has ever treated me with contempt will ever see it. So, so God, God forgives them, but then he says, okay, you're not, you people are not going to be allowed to enter into this land that I wanted you to go to, the promised land. And if you continue reading, you'll find that it's just the people over the age of 20. People 20 and older were the ones who weren't allowed to, be, uh, to ever to go into the promised land. And what God had them do is that they just had to walk in circles in the desert for 40 years. It was, it was one, one day for every or one year for every day that they had like spied out the promised land before they went in it. And, uh, and so they, they were uh, relegated to just like half, having to walk in circles. 
So God forgave them, but he wasn't willing to bless them. See, this is the thing, that we can, we can complain and be the worst complainer on earth, even worse than Israel. We can complain and complain and complain, complain our entire lives, and at the end of the day, God, I'm sorry, I shouldn't complain. God will forgive us. God's good, God's gracious, he'll forgive us. Uh, but what we can't do is complain and be blessed. We can't complain and be blessed. David Oyedepo, uh, who, who I really... I really love, he's a minister out of Africa. He says this, those who murmur and complain in the kingdom go in circles. They do not make progress. When you stop appreciating God, you start depreciating. I thought that was good. When you stop appreciating God, you start depreciating, right? Thankfulness, or or, I'm sorry, complaining just like repels the, the goodness of God. It repels the favor of God. Prosperity, the blessing of God, it repels it. But inversely, thankfulness, gratefulness, it, it attracts the blessing of God. So uh, in, in Jeremiah 30, 19, it says this. It says, Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving in the voice of those who make merry. I will multiply them, and they shall not diminish. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small." Thankfulness. He said, those who are thankful, he says, I'm going to multiply them. Those who are thankful, I'm going to increase them. He's, I, I will make sure that they don't stay small. Amen. I, uh, so I've been a youth pastor for several years, but uh, for a time, I was a volunteer youth pastor at a different church, and I worked uh, at a, a construction. I was an estimator for a construction company uh, while I was youth pastoring, and uh, during a moment in time when I was working there, uh, for whatever reason, my boss hated my guts. I don't know what I ever did to the guy, but uh, he hated my guts, and it, it was it was bad. Um, I mean, I would uh, you know get compl- uh, uh, yelled at for things that I didn't do. Um, there was one instance where. Uh, for, for whatever reason, and my office door is like this still, but for whatever reason, my office door would always close. Like it would just close shut. Like you would try to put it open and it would, it would close automatically. It would just like, you know, swing closed. And so I had a bottle of water sitting on the door to hold it open. And so the boss, he would just come in and yell at me and get blamed for things I didn't do. And a couple of times he would, no joke, he would come in and kick the water bottle away from the door and then slam, help it close. He would just slam that thing shut and just like yell at me in front of everybody. Um, and I, I was just having a really terrible time. And uh, it was, I was actually thinking about quitting for a while and it was, it was bad. So of course I was complaining and even more so because, you know, I was in ministry at the time and, uh, and, I, uh, there were some things that I wanted to do ministry-wise. Like there was this, this minister's conference that, was, that I wanted to be able to go to. And there was some different retreats that I wanted to be able to attend. Uh, and so I, w- I would want time off to be able to go to those things. But I would like tell my wife, Alyssa, I'd be like, there's, I, there's no way I'm asking for that time off. Like there's, there, he's not gonna give it to me. He hates my guts. Like he, this guy does not like me. And uh, so I would complain, this is terrible, this is the worst, I need a different job, and blah, 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 just complaining all over. And my wife, she looks at me, thank God for godly wives, can all the women say amen? Um, And uh, 
That was your chance to get your own, you know, that was your chance to glorify yourselves. Anyway, um, that's, oh, I know what it was. You're elbowing your husband. That's what it is. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, she looks at me and she's like, well, Josiah, if you talk like that, you're not going to get anywhere. And uh, she's like, you need to be thankful for, you know, she's like Jesus slapping me across the face. Um, <laughs> She's like, you need, to, you need to be thankful. Like, you know, you, you need to thank God for the fact that you have a job. You need to thank God that you do have favor. You know, like the Bible says about Jesus, you know, uh, he grew in uh, grace and stature and favor with God and man, right? Uh, so she's like, thank, thank God that uh, you do have favor, that you're blessed when you come in, blessed when you go, right? That, that you attract the blessing of God and not repel it. You know, she's, you need to be thankful. And so every day what I would do is on my way to work, I would, I would just take time and thank God. I thank you, God, that it doesn't make any sense, but I thank you that I end up with favor with my boss. I thank you that things, I have a good day today. I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that your anointing's on me. I thank you that you help me solve problems at work. Just, just like thanking God. And I'll tell you what, God turned the entire situation around. So I got that, the conference that I wanted to go to, I got to go to that. And it was funny because whenever I came back, uh, I, I approached my boss and I was like, hey, thanks again for, for like letting me go. It was an entire week off, uh, unpaid. I got paid, even though it was unpaid vacation. And uh, I said, thank you so much for, for allowing me to, to go. And he was like, don't thank me. I don't know why I did it. He was like, you just left, um, which I asked him. I didn't just leave. So it was like, God showing me that was favor. Like God caused him to have favor or I, God caused me to have favor with him. Uh, God was working behind the scenes. He didn't even know why he liked me anymore. He just did. Um, and then there were, there were, um, times where, uh, like the, the business was going bad. Everybody else got pay cuts. I got a pay raise. I mean, I'll tell you Thanksgiving and, and gratitude. It, God, God says, I will multiply them and they shall not be small that I will make sure that they increase, that they multiply. Thanksgiving attracts the favor, the blessing, the power of God. Can you say a loud amen? amen. Come on, do we have any thankful people in here this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to take just a few minutes and just, just give some uh, quick points on how to be thankful. We want to be thankful people. So how, how do we be thankful? So we're going to keep reading. We'll start in verse 9. Then Moses said to Aaron, announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I've heard the Israelites' complaints, and now tell them in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. And then you will know that I, the Lord, that I am the Lord, your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the entire camp or covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. And when the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other, and they had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should, should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. And then you can skip all the way over to 31. 
verse 31, it says, the Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed and it tasted like honey wafers. So just kind of detailing the miracle that God performed. So uh, God, God brought quails in the evening and it, quails covered the camp so they could have meat, kill, kill the quails and have meat. And then uh, God caused uh, like a, a dew to fall on the ground that would turn into bread. So God performed a miracle. Now this is significant because uh, we read earlier, it's God's will for us to be thankful. God wants us to be thankful, but he doesn't just expect us to have to be stuck in situations that other people aren't thankful for. He doesn't expect us to just sit there and tolerate the bad things that are happening around us, the bad day, the bad, bad day at work, the bad boss, the, the, the home life. No, we, we don't just have to tolerate it. What, what we can do is we can believe God for it to change. And so if you're taking notes, uh, the first way to be thankful is just this, to believe God for a miracle. Because when, when you think there's no way out, there's no way that this, can, this scenario could change, there's no way my life can look different, there's no way my work life can look different, there's no way my income can look different, there's no way, then it's really difficult to be thankful. When you feel like you're stuck, it's difficult to be thankful. But inversely, when, you, when we place our focus and our attention in, on God and on the fact that we serve a God of the impossible, then all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to begin thanking God because we know I don't have to be like this. Things can change. I serve a God of the turnaround, the God who can make a way where there is no way. When doctors are saying you have to be sick and you have to, you have to, you have to, you're, you're stage four cancer, or whatever. No, I can see a miracle. I don't have to complain. God can turn my situation around. You know, even if you look at this story, God caused dew to turn into bread. God, what is there that God can't do? Come on, what is there that God can't do? The, the Bible says, if we believe, anything is possible. Anything is possible for those who believe. Let's be people that believe God for things to change. That when everybody else is complaining, they're complaining at work and they're complaining at home. And this, we say, I don't know what you are complaining about. I serve a God that can change this. I serve a God that can make this look completely different. That can turn that frown upside down. God, God can make a way where there is no other way. We serve a God of the impossible. We serve a God of the impossible. We, we believe, this is even one of our church values, right? We believe. It's, it's written on the wall in the, in the foyer, in the lobby. Wow, foyer, that's a 1940s term. Um, in the lobby, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we believe. Let's be people that believe. Can you say Amen. So the Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed and it tasted like honey wafers. And then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two quart container with manna to preserve it for your descendants. And then later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. So God performs a miracle. You know, meaning we, 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 don't, we can believe. We don't have to just be stuck. We can believe. It helps us to be thankful. But then God took it a step further and gave them an instruction to preserve some of the manna. Now, the reason for this was because every day, you can go and read it, but every day, that day's manna would, would melt. 
when the sun would come up, the sun would get hot, the manna would melt. And so God was saying, you're gonna have to like take some of this, put it in a jar and preserve it uh, so everybody else can remember it. Uh, and so I was thinking, you know, that's, that's a lot how memories work, right? Is that uh, when, when you don't do anything to like preserve that memory, it tends to like melt or fade away, right? Think about it like this. So remember the time whenever you were, it was your very first day in kindergarten. Okay, it's like really difficult to remember, right? Your first day, you're five years old, uh, difficult to remember. Uh, that moment is difficult to remember, but also the impact that that moment had on you fades as well, mates as well, uh, uh, melts as well. So like, you know, what you were feeling in that moment in time, it, it doesn't weigh on you as much as, as what it did then, right? Uh, or take, for example, uh, you're 16 years old and you wake up, you look in the mirrors, you're getting ready for school and you realize you have a massive zit on your forehead. Um, we can remember probably how horrific that was, right? Uh, you know, and for the guys, you can't cover it up with makeup. You're just going to school like that. Uh, you're done. Uh, and so, you know, we can probably like analytically think like, okay, that was probably a pretty bad day. Um, but like it, we're not like feeling the weight of it now, right? Uh, like that, that memory has, unless for whatever reason you've held onto that memory, um, it's like faded in impact for us. It's the same with God is that if, if we don't like take time to preserve what God does in our lives, then those memories are going to fade and the impact of what it will mean to us will fade as well, which then means we're no longer thankful. But when we do the opposite and we say, you know what, I I'm going to be thankful for what God has done, or I'm going to preserve what God has done, then what ends up happening, I'll pull these out here. What ends up happening is when we take time to preserve what God has done, then we will end up collecting moment by moment, day by day, year by year, we end up collecting an entire jar of, of what God has done for us that, that stays fresh in our minds, that we can latch onto, that we can hold onto and continually see, wow, God has done this for me and it still has the same impact. You still feel the weight of it. You still feel the weight of it. And it allows us to be thankful. And so two, two questions this morning is number one, this, this is, sorry, my, uh, I should probably explain. This is my uh, attempt at manna. <laughs> uh, I think it's for makeup. I'm not really quite sure what it's for. Um, I asked my wife, I need like a jar and a cotton ball. And she's like, yeah, I got something. So pretty sure this is makeup or uh, for makeup. I don't think this is makeup. Anyways, um, <laughs> Uh, what, two questions, what is your manna? What is your manna? What is it that you need to preserve? What is it that God has done in your life that you need to preserve? So Pastor Luke, one thing that he said about Thanksgiving one time that really stuck with me is it takes effort to be thankful. It takes effort. So Obviously, big things are pretty easy to, to remember, but even thinking through, taking time to like reflect and think like, okay, I, I, I'm thankful for my, for my shoes. I mean, think about that for a second. How many people in the world don't have shoes? 
So like, man, God, I thank you that I, I have shoes. Like, I thank you that I don't have to walk barefoot on gravel. I thank you that I don't have to walk a barefoot on hot cement. Like, God, thank you for my shoes that my feet aren't cold in the snow. Thank, like, thank you, God. It takes effort to be thankful. And then, of course, we have like, the, the big things God's done for us. We, you know, the time you were healed of, of cancer, the time uh, an envelope showed up in the mail that had the exact amount of money you needed for rent. You know, like, we have those big moments. But what is it? Take time to think through what is it that God has done that we need to preserve. And then number two is what's your jar? What is your jar? See, this was simply just a system of preserving something, of keeping something fresh. We've gotta have some system, some way that we're preserving what God does. No, do, do, do you have a journal? Do you have a spreadsheet? Do you have a notebook that you're writing stuff in? What is it that, that you are doing to actually preserve what God does? Because if we're not preserving it, then that, it's gonna fade away. So what is it, what, how, what's your system for preserving what God does? How often even are you continuing to look at it? Are you continuing to pull it out? Are you sharing it with, with your kids, with your family? This is even one of the things that, that God had mentioned. He says, uh, then later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. Uh, the, the later generations. Uh, but something that you read in, that's interesting in the, in the story of Israel that uh, the Bible says at one point in time, it says the next generation forgot God and didn't remember what he did. So later generations start with, starts with our kids. It starts with us passing down. What is, let me show you what God has done. Let me tell you what Jesus did for us. Let me show you how Jesus did this for you when you were a baby. You know, let, let me show you what, how, 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 what is our system? How are we preserving stuff, what God does? And how often are we talking about it? Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.